Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am so excited to be back here on the Lower East Side. We've had a bit of a hiatus um, over the uh, early winter. Um, and the first show back was in Atlanta. So I haven't actually seen ZK or the studio in a long time. How are you doing, ZK? Okay, good. Nice to see you. Be, be right back here. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, I'm Naomi Nachman, and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating at restaurants, any anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. I run kosher chop competitions. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. And that P word is coming up, Pesach. Busy planning for Pesach. Um, I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, sharing of great recipes and great recipe ideas, and my unbelievable, amazing guests. But I want to hear about your ex- experiences too. So email me, Naomi, at nachamsegel.com and share with me what you've made, what you've learned from us. I just got an email, ZK, from someone who told me she after watching our 200th show, this is our 201st show. After we just had a big celebration in Atlanta for 200 shows of Table for Two. And apparently she she's listened to most of the shows, all 200. And she sits there with pen and paper writing them down, all the information and all the guests. I thought that was so cool. So, you know, I love hearing uh, your, your experiences about Table for Two and where you have eaten and made around the country. Um, we have such a great lineup today. I'm very excited. I just want to... Uh, before I introduce everyone, let you all know who's going to be. I'm keeping you hanging. This is like a cliffhanger intro. Um, I just want to thank the ladies at the Spicy Peach, um, Tipora, Tippy, and um, the whole crew down there, um, Jody and Lydia for hosting, Yoni for coming with me. And um, we just had an incredible time. Miriam and Nachman for sending me natural and kosher cheeses for sponsoring. We just had such a great time um, recording the show and, and it aired last Friday. If you want to watch it or listen to it, you know, nachamsegel.com. Our shows are now podcasted, so you can grab them on iTunes um, and on you can watch it on the Nachum Siegel Net video channel on YouTube. I just want to give a shout out to the restaurants that we ate at afterwards. So Alex Edov from, he was the kosherologist, now he's rebranded to Bourbon and Schmaltz. So he took Yoni and I to a few restaurants. So we went and, and um, shopping centers. So we went to Chai Peking, which is in Kroger's, a kosher supermarket in Kroger's. Um, and then we went to Pitta Palace in Toko Hill. Um, we had a delicious like shawarma platter that they made for us all to share. Um, we went to Tip Top Market where we had delicious uh, hummus platter. And Fuego Mundo for dinner. What a meal. We had an incredible time uh, eating our way through the warm and southern, uh, southern, um, what's it called? Um, southern hospitality of Atlanta, Georgia. We had an incredible time. Okay, it's time to introduce those guests. I know that you're hanging on the edge of your seats this morning. We have somebody who I've been trying to get into the studio since, since her book came out. Since before her book came out, it's like having a baby, the birth of her new book, baby. I have Kim Kushner in the house. I'm so excited with her book, I Heart Kosher, a recipe, beautiful recipes from my kitchen with a beautiful cover. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. And I also have Elisa Beer, a nutritionist, dietitian, 
role model. She's just beautiful inside and outside. I'm so happy to have her on the show. And we're going to be having our last guest is going to be Mati Cohen. He runs a Pesach program like no other that I have heard of. And I really had to share that with, with my listeners. So stay tuned for an unbelievable hour with unbelievable guests. All right, let's talk to Eliza. And, and Kim's Hi, also going to pipe up also um, when because we, we have questions, a lot of questions for Eliza. Oh, great. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. My pleasure. You know, Eliza is my uh, local Five Towns consultant when it comes to eating healthy and staying on track. Um, me and my husband have both paid visits to, <laughs> to Eliza um, and to her beautiful office in uh, Cedarhurst. In Cedarhurst, right. Eliza, I want to clear a few things up and uh, with our audience because mm-hmm. – I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, now I know, but I didn't know for a very long time. What is the difference between a dietitian and nutritionist? Because they're very different. Yes, yes, very different. So a registered dietitian must have a bachelor's degree, have a, a go for a certain amount of courses in nutrition and physics, uh, biology, all the sciences, and do an internship, a clinical inter- internship for a year, and take an RD exam. And pass it, obviously. Like boards. Right, right. Like someone who's passing a CPA. Um, ah. Something like that. So, you know, on that level. And then a nutritionist, there is no legal defini- definition for a nutritionist. So I could be a nutritionist. Yes. Uh, ZK could be a nutritionist if he wants to. Oh, ZK, um, there's a new line. Your husband, Svi, who's an attorney, can just hang up a shingle and say he's a nutritionist. There's, there's no legal definition for nutritionist. But to be called a registered dietitian, you need to go through the proper education and training. So you need really, if one needs to, you know, one wants to lose weight or change a eating lifestyle, you will go to someone who's got qualifications. That's correct because they they know the interactions between food and medications. Um, they know how to, you know, I interned in a hospital, so I know how to read a, a medical chart. I know I know what to do with someone who has to be on on tube feeding and who has you know different you know issues, different medications, different medical issues. It's not a one size fit all. For everyone, you know, everyone has to be treated differently if they need to lose weight or if they have GI issues like IBS or Crohn's or celiac. Okay, so I I think that was really important that we cleared that up because I think that people just don't know and you want to make sure like if you're doing something, you go to someone who's trained in their field. Right, right. you wouldn't go, you know, to the podiatrist to treat a cavity in your mouth. You know, you would go to the dentist. So (laughs) Unless you're putting your foot in your mouth. (laughs) So you need to go to someone that's properly medically trained. Right. Because I think when it's you great. change your diet, it's, it's affecting your health. I think people need to really know this. I think it's very, very important. And that's why I wanted to lead with that very important question. So we can hear, I was going to ask you, all right, the history, right? So you went to, where did you go to school? So I actually went to Stern College. Ah, they did not have right nutrition. Right up the road. Right yes, the they road. didn't have nutrition classes. So I went to Hunter at the same time. I did um, the nutrition okay. courses there. I started my master's. I also have a master's in nutrition in Hunter. But I had gotten married in the interim, moved to Queens, and Queens College was down the block. So I just finished up my master's, did my internship in Queens College. Okay, a lot of my friends' kids are actually doing that. In Queens. In, in Queens yeah, College. Yeah, they have a good program. Okay, so you and, and then now you've started a big practice in Cedarhurst. Yes, I have a private practice in Cedarhurst and I do many, many clients. I was talking to Kim about this before. Many clients over the phone, all over the country and Israel. You don't have to live in Cedarhurst to come to to Elisa. And they are equally as successful. You know, I have many local people that are working full time. They can't come. They can't come into the office (laughs) and they, you know, we do phone sessions. 
Right. They, they weigh themselves, and um, we have a phone session, and they email me questions, text me questions during you know throughout the week, no problem. And they're just as successful. If you if you're motivated and you want it, you will you will do it. Right. And you've really guided a lot of people through a lot of weight loss yes, as well, yeah. which is great. And and even besides, let's not use the word diet or weight right. loss. Someone who just wants to live a healthy lifestyle, you know, healthy eating. We have Baruch Hashem in our communities. We have bar mitzvahs, your weddings. We have bar mitzvahs. There's always, you know, There's always something. Shabbat. Shabbos, right. Right. Every, every week. Every week. You know, I once went to a Weight Watchers session. I did what, what, like 15 years ago, and they were talking about how to get through one Thanksgiving meal. Yes. I'm like, ah. So I have many clients that are so, not not um, religious or not Jewish and Thanksgiving is like and I said listen we have Thanksgiving every week it's called Shabbos three um, times in one you day. could do it it's one meal we could get through it so you don't so you don't so you don't lose weight so give week. us a game plan it's, For it's Shabbos. you know people are listening to this Friday morning right it's 9 a.m Friday morning now right so Shabbos is never going to look like Monday or Tuesday it won't like we have to just accept help, that help us. but the the goal is to try to maintain over Shabbos. Nobody's losing weight over Shabbos. So the goal is to try to maintain or at least minimize the gain. Because you can maintain by going up a few pounds over Shabbos, lose it during the week, and that's fine for someone who's maintaining. And that's how we, most of us, maintain. But if someone's looking for weight loss, if weight loss is the goal, they cannot allow themselves to gain that much over Shabbos because you're just kind of chasing your your Shabbos tail all week long. Right. You're gaining and you're losing and you're back at square one. I find I'm so good on Friday. You know, I go to the supermarket Friday morning to in our neighborhood at Skormaklat. Right. And I'll buy myself like a small piece of raw tuna and some cucumber. And I make myself like a little cute little poke bowl with the vegetables I bought from Shabbos on that Friday at 12 That's o'clock. Great. That's great, right? I've got my cottage cheese and crackers. I'll Good have girl. that. I yes. trained you well. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I never go anywhere. I don't know if you're watching on the camera now, but I have a little cottage cheese and a little container of whole wheat. Melba toast. Melba toast that are pashkas. Actually, a Hamish right. bread. And this is like my lunch and or, or my you breakfast. You have your plan for the day. I make a plan in my head. Comes 5.30. It goes out the window. <laughs> the challah, the chumos. I made such a great meal. The ribs, I want a little bit tasting and I, I shouldn't. Like, right. how do so we do it's hard. this? It's hard. You have to mindfully indulge. You know, we were discussing that earlier this yeah, morning. You I, need to, so challah is hard to mindfully indulge, honestly. And it's, it's you know, basically cake um, challah. So if you can if you can control it, then I, I tell my I tell my weight loss clients then try to do the matzah instead, honestly. Oh, really? But I'd like you to, you know, to try to control, to keep it to one slice of challah. You should enjoy Shabbos a little bit, but if you can, if it's going to be a, you know, no challah or the whole challah, then do a whole wheat. Matzah is a great carb for you. There's nothing in there but flour and water. You get whole wheat or spelt matzah. You're not going to overdo the matzah. Right. You'll have one board of matzah. <laughs> Kim. I eat oh, matzah yeah. all year round. Really? That's great. All year round. That's why Kim looks the way she does. <laughs> I, I'm not a I'm not a big matzo person and in general. Children too. Really? It's like yeah. a cracker. It's a he- yeah, but it's it. a healthy carb. Is a mic good? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I, I just find that you know, and then okay, you get through Friday night, and then you've got Shabbos lunch, and then the summer you have shalshidas. You know, shalshidas right. right. should be a light. Right, it, it should be a lighter meal. You have to you know take small portions. You know, not not don't deprive yourself. But just mindfully indulge, take smaller portions of the chalent if you want to have a little bit of potato kugel. These are not good, healthy foods, but if you want to, you should be able to enjoy your Shabbos without falling off the deep end. So what is a good, healthy food? 
what is you a know, good well, what, what we sounds. think we know healthy food but i was you know i know that you do these these phone call meetings and, and like you know you've said or um clients and you, i've been a client and was no fruit or little fruit well we like have that to goes control. against what we grew up with no, you're no. hungry have an apple you're hungry have no, oranges no i give fruit for snacks but it cannot be unlimited fruit. Anything, anything healthy, you can't have unlimited amounts of anything. Even too much water could be unhealthy for you. If you're overhydrated yourself, you're diluting the electrolytes in your system. So anything, nothing can be unlimited or free, you know. In this, so fruit is good, but it has to be controlled. It can't. Too much fruit is still going to end up being too much sugar, right, in so, the body. So you could have one one fruit a day. So I usually say up to three. Oh, up to three. Yeah. See, <laughs> there you go. I'm not so bad. My my, my mum's always talking about have fruit, have fruit, have fruit. I'm like, uh. right? You don't like fruit. I'm not I remember a fruit that. Yeah, tomatoes. I love fruits. I eat tomatoes. I buy a and bowl. A, of... to- a tomato is a fruit. Tomato, a tomato is considered is... a fruit. It's right. not a vegetable. It's high right. When I first started with Eliza a couple of months back, she's like, "You can't have tomatoes for a week." I'm like, <laughs> what? I looked. My body was going to shock. <laughs> Right. It's a higher sugar. You know, it's a, it's a fruit. It's not a vegetable. Okay. So the first week I try to clean people, you know, cleanse, the sugar. Cleanse, a little bit yeah. of a cleanse. Okay, let's talk breakfast. Because, you know, they so say that's most the most, important, yeah, most important meal of the day. I know you're not into it. It's very important to rev up your metabolism. If you skip breakfast, you slow down your metabolism. You have not been eating all night. You've been sleeping. If you don't eat all morning, your body's going to slow itself down to cut corners because nothing's coming in. It's got to do all the work it's got to do to keep you alive. So it's going to slow itself down. Eventually, you'll be starving. You're going to give the slow metabolism a big meal. Your body doesn't need so many calories in one sitting. It's going to take whatever it needs for the moment, hoard it as fat, and then and then you know, you're, you're just you're not you're not and you end up eating. You end up gaining. You're not you're slowing down your metabolism. So you want to try to eat frequently. So what's the lunch, perfect dinner. breakfast? What would be you know a pro- the perfect a protein breakfast. and a healthy carb, a, like a Eggs and like a whole grain toast, like for example, like or the melpa toast, a board of matzah, a slice of Ezekiel bread. These are all, you know, great options for um oh, but for what carbs. and and protein and I, the eggs, an egg I consider a perfect food. Egg whites are the purest, lowest calorie protein. Oh, an amazing protein for you. But no uh, yolks. You yeah. can do a yolk I or love, two, one or like, two, but not like more. Yolks? I do. I love I yolks. Love runny yolks, especially. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I like I like sunny side up. Yes, yes, I love sunny side up too. Okay, sorry, I lost my headphones there for a second. So eggs, eggs and a carp are the most filling breakfast you could possibly eat. You're in a hurry, right? You're in a hurry, you you so, got to grab that right. Train, so a that lot egg. of people do yogurt, the Greek yogurt. You got to be careful with the Greek yogurt. Okay, so tell us about that because I think people think yogurt is like the answer to everything. I personally cannot stand yogurt. So I personally either cannot. It makes really? me nauseous. It's nauseous, but. 75% of my clients. I love yogurt. I can't so, even open it. But are it's you smooth. eating a flavored yogurt or plain? I'll, I'll, if I do plain, I'll do it with some fruit and granola. Um, and otherwise, I'll do a flavored yogurt. Right, because they're putting in a lot of sugar into the flavored yogurt. So plain is really the way to go with some berries. Right. Uh, granola's a little high in sugar, but you're, <laughs> you're making it's probably make, homemade mine granola. Is homemade and I actually right. don't put sugar oh, in it. So, so then it's good. Ah. So you. But the bo- a lot of the bought granolas yeah. have a lot of sugar. So, you know, then I usually tell people put in a little bit of high-fiber cereal mm-hmm. into that. Give it a good crunch. Give you the fiber to fill you up. See, I don't need yogurt. I don't need granola. <laughs> but cottage cheese I like is granola. Another, I love cottage granola. cheese is another good breakfast option. Right, a lot no. of people eating cottage right. cheese for breakfast. 
Right. Yeah. No. I on, an, on a I, high fiber cracker. I, I love cheese. You're good to I, go. love, I don't know what I love anything dairy. I don't know why I don't like yogurt. But I know that like when I buy for my kids or when they were little, I'd just buy any yogurt. I thought it was so good until I learned the whole process of read the labels, read yes. the labels. Yes. Um, and I and I think that it's really important for everyone to realize that what is someone's daily sugar intake? What what are they looking for when they say like so the sugar no, on I the mean, back? I mean, you want to minimize it, but you it should be you know less less than ten grams of sugar, you know, for for let's say the yogurt or or whatever it is the item. You know, I, you? Re- I, I, I was telling you in the car we came in together. Right. Um, I watched this documentary. It's actually done by an Australian guy. I watched it on my way to wherever I was traveling last. I, I don't even know. Maybe South Africa. I don't. It's called Sugarland. It's it's this guy who who he fell in love with this girl who was a regular guy just eating whatever he felt like. Falls in love with this girl who's a health, I don't want to say fanatic, but health, healthy. She gets him off sugar. He loses a ton of weight. He gets right. fit. He feels good. And then he wants to do this documentary. And he, I think he's really good friends with it. Um, Hugh, uh, the Aussie actor, blanking out on his name. Oh, my God. Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Okay. Hugh. He's, and they make this documentary mm-hmm. together. So he's really the star of the show. Not Hugh Jackman, but the, this other guy. I don't know his name. And what he does is he goes for three months eating mm-hmm. only foods that are healthy for you, and I'm doing healthy in a, in quotes, that are the like, 100 calorie packs mm-hmm. or the kids, you know, uh, uh, granola bars, things right. that are supposed to be like one of the healthy thing. And that's all he could eat for three months. He got he damaged his liver, right. and these are all the healthy products like a juice box, you know. Right. Over so like right, they're all loaded with sugar. I found the whole documentary fascinating, and he spoke about how his he couldn't function in the middle of the day because he'd had so much sugar. Right, you know, that's it, the that's the real the poison in the American way of life is right. the sugar. And not, the, there are bad fats obviously out there, but it's the sugar that's the real problem. They're putting sugar into everything when you go out and you take out. They're putting sugar into your tuna fish. They're putting sugar, you know, into the soups. Really? Yes, sugar they're putting sugar and flour into your soup. Because they want everything to taste good and to sell. They're in the business to sell food. They're not, they don't care about your weight, you know, or your health. And they just want, and we're all addicted to sugar. Right. That's what he was talking about. We are addicted to sugar. It behaves like a drug in your body. The more you have of it, the more you crave Um, it. And what about, say, maple syrup or honey? Honey honey has actually about 30% more sugar per tablespoon than sugar. I know it's healthier and natural. There's 18 grams of sugar in a tablespoon of honey and 12 grams of sugar in a tablespoon of sugar. At the end, so it... It's more natural, you know. Obviously, it's better than refined sugar. But at the end of the day, I say it's when it's metabolized in your body, it's still sugar, right? So, still different name. If we want to sweeten something, how do we do it naturally? Maybe Kim knows the answer to this also. I usually, if when if someone's looking for a honey substitute, then I'll recommend agave, because it ha- it has less calories, but not that's not the important part. The important part is that it doesn't spike your blood sugar. The way honey does, so it doesn't elicit the same kind of insulin response. And it's natural, and it's natural, yeah. Uh huh. 
So I'm it's not calorie-free, but it's, it's... So what's stevia? That, so stevia is basically calorie-free. It's also natural. I do like monk fruit also. That's kind of like a, the newer kid on the block. A lot of people haven't heard of it. Have you heard of it, Kim? Sweet. So it's very sweet. It's from a fruit um, in Southeast Asia, I think. They grew already for hundreds of years. The monks supposedly grew it. And the juice of the fruit has no calories and is like about two or three. It's liquid? Times. It's liquid, but they sell it as a powder. A lot of people were using it for medical reasons. Um, that's how I first heard about it. I met somebody who couldn't eat sugar and she was asking me about it. And so I started researching it and using it when I cook a little bit, but it is very, very sweet. So So you use how much, what would you say would be, you know, if you're, you're, um, changing a recipe from sugar to monk fruit, a third of it? It also depends what, what form Form. you get Uh it in because it comes. I've only seen it in powder, but it So I would say even a quarter uh-huh. Not not even a third, probably a quarter, but it depends again. You really have to taste and see how you go. Right, right, to trial and error. Yeah. Oh, my God. All these sugar, like, what's the other one? Splenda. So Splenda. I think that tastes terrible. No offense to anyone who likes it. I'm not, I'm not right. looking to offend anyone. I don't like it at all. So that's still in a lot of the food products. I think they're starting to move away. They're starting to try to that's move aftertaste. things away from Splenda to Stevia. But, um, you know, this it's still in a lot of the food products. Cereals, yogurt. I read an article a long time ago in the Time magazine that had butter on the front cover. I don't know if you had seen that. And they were saying that, you know, I don't know, in the 40s or 50s or whenever it was, they took people away from eating, like, protein for breakfast. Like, okay, Orthodox Jews, we don't have eggs and steak for breakfast. Right. So they said, you were giving everyone heart attacks. Let's make lots of cereal. Let's right. give America cereal. It's grains, it's cereal. We'll give America cereal. So instead of having heart attacks, they had diabetes. Yes. Right? So I thought that was like really fascinating that. That is. Right? Yeah. That we. We, they sugar, they we don't need the sugar. Revo- we yeah. The sugar revolution. Yes. And really maybe the protein like in limited amounts is. That's right. A little bit better than. Well, of course, a little bit of butter is better than margarine. Ah, margarine <laughs> does not exist in my world. <laughs> I do not like it. But I love butter. There's nothing like a butter cookie. <laughs> okay. So we've got, as we said before, the P words coming up. Yes. Purim and Pesach. What are we going to do with that Purim stuff? So that Purim stuff, <laughs> give it away. <laughs> you know, when my kids were little, now they're big boys. When they were little, I would let them each make a little, uh, their own baggie. Pick pick your favorite things from the day. Have your own each baggie and everything else was donated the next morning. It's not a bad idea for your <laughs> Your little hebra. Yeah. See how that goes over. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. I have some people, I have some women that will, you know, make themselves flashics. They'll eat meat at lunch. Me? Purim day, you know, turkey, whatever. And this way they don't eat the milk chocolates. I do that. (laughs) But I happen to love being flashic. I don't mind. So I just have my coffee in the morning. But it's like really hard. The kids come in. My daughter, my oldest daughter, she didn't have her first candy till she was almost two. It was the first yes. pun that she was like a big girl already, like one and something. We're here right here on the Lower East Side. And someone gave her a lollipop, and that was the first time she had candy. And wow. She, yeah. So well, I had it, my oldest child also. There was nothing in, there's nothing in the house when you have your first and, child. And my, my third child was about six months old, I'm telling you, when she found bubble gum. <laughs> but it's like so hard to like get through that day yes. with – yeah, but it's one day. And it's if you, one day. And if you get rid of the stuff. Yeah, it's, but it's one day. Then, but then it lingers. You got to just donate it. You got to donate it. Find your local day. food bank, or you know, it's a fun day. Focus on the the Megillah and the and 
spending time with family and not, friends. Not nashing. Not the food. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your Purim Suda right. by all means. No, just not so much nash. And now Pesach. Pesach, yeah. We, we got it. We got it. It's, a, it's very hard. It's very hard. Um, whether you're home or at a whether hotel. Whether you're home or a hotel. You know, people are under the belief that it's harder in a hotel. I've I've gone away for many years. I don't gain. I've lost. I find it. <laughs> I find it harder. That? I very easily. You know, I eat my three meals. I make sure the waiter has a salad for me on the table, prepared for the, every single meal. When there's a buffet, there are always good choices. There are there are always vegetables and salads and good proteins like fish or chicken or meat. And then I don't go to the barbecue at three o'clock when I had lunch at one and I'm having dinner at six. You know, I know, I know that they're making money off of me, you know, but some people, they go and they want it. They feel like, you they know, I you- paid so much. Let me eat it all. But you're just hurting yourself. They should give you a discount. <laughs> they should give me a discount. But you should know when I, I was with VIP Ram, such a beautiful program and a big shout out to them. They, they run an incredible program and I love to be there. This year I am not going there, but I just love them and I'm so happy to advertise and talk about them because I, I just love them to pieces. Um, they had a brilliant thing where they would have a fish grill and vegetables. Yes. And it yes. was sensational. Um, I, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So you would get so lunch, fresh I grilled. would usually get fresh, fresh grilled fish and a salad, but then they're barbecuing at three o'clock. So I don't go to the barbecue. They decide to roast a lamb at midnight. I'm not going down to midnight madness or you don't have to go into the tea room or go into the tea room always has fruit. Sometimes right. salad. You know, so they had in the tea room um, cut up fruit platter, like right. fresh cut up fruit, like not just platters. Just they'll cut it up fresh for you in front right. of you and a juicer. Oh, great! Yeah, that's I love. I happen to love the green juices. Okay. Did you see I'm me young. drink last week a green juice? Did you guys watch me on uh, in Atlanta? Somebody, um, my guest, bought me on a green drink. How was it? So good. She's holistic into holistic mm-hmm. eating. Oh my god, it was delicious! If I'm I could not, have, I like to chew my food. I'm not a drinker. No, no, no. In general, I, yeah, in general, I like to eat my food. I don't want to drink. My now this calories. was like a snack. I don't right. know if it hopefully didn't have too many right. calories, but some of those juices they're putting sugar in some of the juices. But even the net, it's how much juices can you have? Right. Yeah, I like to chew right. and swallow also, but I like I like a good I like an smoothie activity. green drink. <laughs> right. It's right. You sit there and you I eat. I like it. That's why I like a salad. Makes me so happy to right. like. Cut and chew. <laughs> but let's Be talk, busy with my food. Okay, let's talk about that with dressing. You with got dressing. this great yes, salad right, right, and you throw it right, away on dressing. Right. So if you're taking out a salad, always get the dressing on the side so you have control. Um, either, you know, try to minimize the dressing. You know, if you're if it's if you don't know exactly what's in the dressing, try to keep it to about a tablespoon. If you can control it. Then uh, if you can just do olive oil, let's say lemon juice, balsamic, salt, and pepper, that's the best. I started doing fresh dill, right. salt, olive oil, and a lime. I'm obsessed with limes now. It's like so good. That's amazing. That salad we but did that the you, other yes, day. But that you, you do it in the food process? No, I just cut it up. Yeah? Fresh, throw it in. I buy this um, cleaned and checked dill from Gourmet Glat. Right. Like chop it up as fine mm-hmm. as I can. So, kosher salt. Sometimes avocado oil. Right, right. And then just lime juice. And I like my acid. I love vinegar. Mm-hmm. But so I, instead of the vinegar, I use lime juice. And right. It's Apple so cider vinegar is very healthy. So, you know, people say, oh, just, I usually recommend a half a tablespoon of olive oil for your salad. And then I don't, you know, whatever. Half a How tablespoon. Much, half a tablespoon. I'm is, thinking two tablespoons. <laughs> 
You don't need it. You don't need it. Make it wet with the vinegar and lemon juice. So that's actually not a bit. So half a tablespoon of oil. Okay, I'm going to try that. Well, I'll get back to you on okay. that. Okay. <laughs> Kim, Kim had some really great questions when we were sitting down to prepare and get ready. Kim's like, I got all these questions for you, Aliza. So I'm going to actually co-host now with Kim Kushner. All right. Well, I was asking Aliza um, about carbs versus dairy. Yeah. Is one if you're going to cut one, which one would you recommend cutting? Should you cut one? I just, you know, I'm as as a woman, as I get older, I'm trying to watch and I just figure you have to make choices. Like you said, right. everything in moderation, but probably eating baguette with cheese and a glass of wine every night is not the best idea. I know, right? Not the <laughs> best keep, idea. I'm coming to your house. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So I, you don't necessarily have to cut either. You, you should be eating, of course, whole grain, you know, cut out the white flour, but you still still have to have the carbs in moderation. You know, you can't have, you know, five, six carbs, you know, all day long and certainly at night because whatever you're eating at night is sticking to you. That's very, very important. So you want to try to keep those carbs away from the, the, the evening hours. Um, Dairy, you know, dairy is a is a big question. There's a lot has a lot of its own natural sugar. Some a lot of people do better off of dairy. It promotes sometimes mucus production, inflammation. There's a whole a whole debate and a movement against dairy. So I I do personally I do have milk in the morning when I have my fiber one cereal. I have organic milk. I am a big push for the almond milk, unsweetened almond milk, because there is no sugar in it. You have that with cereal? Well, okay, Kim is rolling her eyes. No. <laughs> wish you- I've tried. I the really, almond milk? I, I want to. I want to I want also, to and like I don't it. like the taste of it. You know, But it's a great, it's a great a product. A lot of my friends are drinking their lattes, their coffee, yes. with almond milk. I can't. I, yeah, I, I, I need, so I can't I milk. You're, you're a foodie. We need I, I milk. Just, it's a drop of milk in my coffee, and it's but probably three times a day, and I need it. Right. right. But a latte I'm, is I'm a lot of milk. I give up other things, but I won't give that up. Right. right. A latte is a lot of milk, milk. But then you taste it even more. Yes. But and th- the consistency, you know, I understand why people like it, but I'm a creature of habit, which I guess. Right. I love my right. coffee in the morning. When I went to Elisa and I said, okay, let's do a plan together for me. Yeah. I said, Elisa, this is the rule. You're going to give me a lot of rules. I'm going to have one rule. I have to have my milk in the morning. Right, right, and she right. built me a plan that based will, around that. So a, that's a pla- it's moderation, right? right? You right, have it's to mo- give and take and, you know. I love but, milk. I know. I, I, if I was allowed, I'd drink milk in a bottle like a baby. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I was also I asking it. about wine. Yeah, very important for, for us. a lot of my girlfriends are not drinking wine anymore. Mm-hmm. Are they as and much fun? They Wait, are, are they drinking, much, they're not as much fun. They are drinking tequila instead. Yes, yeah, so tequila's <gasps> less. What? Tequila and vodka. I mean, I tell people, stay away from the scotch and the whiskey. So for women, that's usually not, a, not an issue. It's the men on Shabbos. Tequila, straight up tequila. We've got to talk about this. <laughs> We're going to talk about Aya Heart Kosher in a minute, but let, let's talk. Can we just, I want to hear more about this tequila. I, I just, it's it's a big thing now that a lot of women, um, a lot of my friends who are watching and work out and are really into great shape are drinking tequila with limes mm-hmm. instead of instead of wine. wine. And I just wondered about that. That's cool. Uh, I've never uh, really, I'm not a big tequila drinker. Right, I'm. I'm not either, but I usually recommend either wine, tequila, or vodka. Stay away from Scotch whiskey. Obviously, no daiquiris. You know, there are hundreds of calories is, of sugar. Is tequila available at Pesach? Yes, yes. I know we had it one year at Ram. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I, but alcohol is not free. Every- you know, it is alcohol itself does metabolize as a fat, 
When you drink, you slow down your metabolism. And if you drink too much, you make poor food choices. But you, but again, everything in moderate, you have to live. It's not, you know, there's a quality of life. So, you, sh- you know, of course you can incorporate it. Right. No, I understand that. Uh, some, but some people do drink too much. You know, it's hard to, yeah, you got to give up something. You got to leave something, you know. Right. Uh, I once had one, one client, he never remembered his Shabbos because that's how drunk he would get at shul. That he never remembered Shabbos. That's heartbreaking. I gotta say, <laughs> this is a whole other radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need, we'll bring in a therapist or two. No worries. Table for couch for one. Table for two. There you go. We'll we'll change that up a bit. Eliza, it is so great having you Thank on the you show. Thank you so much for having me. You shared Naomi. My pleasure. You have to come back. You shared so much information oh, with great. us. Great. I hope you know we've had a lot of wonderful people in the. Uh, health industry, and and I think you brought something brand new to the table. We ask you, we ask you hard questions. You answer them, and I feel like we've all been a little bit more educated. Thank you. I'm um, so here much. this morning. Um, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're having having an incredible show today. Um, just had a great chat with Elisa Beer, who's gonna. You're welcome to stick around. You can Thank switch you. sheets with yes. him now. Okay. But we have I Heart Kosher in the house. Kim. Kim Kushner, Kimmy K. It's me. How's it going? It's great. How are you? You know, good, good. It's it's nice to have you back in the studio. Baby book number three. It's been a wild ride for you. It's been wonderful, and it's been great to be alongside you <laughs> and your cookbook. Thank um, you. I think there's something very special about. They're like siblings. Yeah. Right, like step siblings. Step siblings. <laughs> it's it's funny because you know it's it's people said to me, oh, like all the books. You know, there's so many books. I'm like, everyone brings someone different to the something different yeah. to the table. Honey, me, you, Miriam, Susie, Fishbein, Noreen Galitz, Daniela. I mean, there's so many. I think it's um it's a testament to the time that we are living in and the the turn that kosher has taken. And I think there's really honestly room for everyone. And everyone, like you said, is putting their own spin on it. And kosher has evolved. And this is our time to shine. And I think it's wonderful. I've always been about um, sharing the spotlight with other people and learning from other people. Uh, I love the fact that this is a very woman-dominated business and that so many amazing women are putting out these books from different um areas from different parts of the world from different um perspectives on judaism and i just think it's wonderful and i think there's room for everyone and i've learned so much from you guys and i hope that i've oh my god so much so much i think it's it was time it was really time so i'm happy to be part of this movement right it's it's the kosher cookbook revolution like it's still it's still ongoing and it you know in the last since i think Susie fishbein's series came out I think that changed it up again, you know. And absolutely, I, she definitely was a pioneer in this, and and really, um, you know, just changed things in the kosher yeah, cookbook world. Absolutely, and, and in ingredients, that means ingredients had to get better. So everyone did well from from this whole movement, especially our families who got to eat all this food. Right. Um, so so I um, let, let's take it back from the beginning. We we spoke at the beginning of the show with Eliza who gave her um, history of that she's very qualified in what she does. But Kim is not only a talented, you know, cookbook producer, she actually went to cooking school. I did, yes. You know, that's 
you know, I didn't go. You are like, this is serious business here. Um, culinary school is really a training and I learned a lot. But honestly speaking, I think the most experience that you can get is in the kitchen. So I don't think it really matters. It, it, it certainly no. opened my eyes to many things. Right, which you got to bring to us who hasn't Thank been. You, you know, we still haven't, you know, a lot of us have not been to cooking school. So you're bringing something so different. Thank you. It was a great experience and I did learn a lot about different types of cuisine and techniques and um, most of what I really learned was interacting with the other students and their backgrounds and their cooking experience. That's really what um, helped me um, open my eyes to different areas in the cooking world and it, it certainly has influenced all of my books. Yeah, I, I, the, the first book that came out, how many years ago was that? It must have been Seven years ago? Seven years. Yeah, okay. seven years ago. You know, I, I remember the photography in that yeah. book was so cool and so different. You know what yeah. I make from there all the time? The roasted cauliflower, the tchina and the pomegranate. Yes. That is like one of my favorite yeah, dishes that, was, that I make. That book was the modern menu. Yeah, I that love my that. my first book. I'm like, who is this Kim Kushner? Yeah. I've never heard of her. At the time, there was no Instagram or right. face, you know, Facebook. Right. So well, much easier then. Right? <laughs> now we like live our lives with it. It's crazy. Um, and then how many years later was your I second book? I think about three years later came The New Kosher. And then another three years later came so this book, I Heart Kosher. evenly spaced them all. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you have a theme with the kosher in it. It's nice. Yeah. Um, would you do another one? I will never say never, but I'm really just enjoying this right, right. now. Because I'm pretty much going to say never. <laughs> I always say never. I always say to my husband, like, when the book, the, week, the book, the week that the book comes out, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think my family would have a heart attack because it's, it's the most stressful thing that I've done is my books. Like, you, you have a, you spread them out over three years. Maybe because I did two books in 19 months. Like, it's very hard. It, yeah. I, I was it like, takes so much out of you. And especially promoting a book, you have to really put yourself out there. Every minute of every day. Post intentionally. That's the new word I've learned. Right. Everything's got a purpose. You know, it's 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 hard. Yeah, it's definitely hard. So but I I I, I love doing it and I love mm -hmm. I know that you love doing it. Okay, let's take it back to the beginning of I Heart Kosher. When did you first think you were gonna do this? So I started working on it probably two years two and a half years ago um, and I took my time with it I wanted to uh, you had a baby out, in between I had a baby in between and I wanted to figure out I wanted to do something different and I wanted to, to really take the time um, I didn't want to rush it I wanted to take the time and to really study and think about what I wanted to do and how I wanted this book to be different and because in my head I was so focused on my family and I had had a new baby I really wanted to make it a more personal book and it is. That's why it was important to me to shoot the photography of this book in my house with my family and cook the book out of my house, out of my own kitchen, just to give it... I did that. Yeah, that's special. Just to give it that personal touch, sort of like I felt like I had been on this journey. I started off with my first book. Um, I got such a great response from the modern menu. And then the new kosher was just unbelievable. The response to it was amazing. And this was sort of like my personal project to myself, to my family, and to all those people who have supported me over the years to give them a sneak peek into my life and my home. Uh, it's beautiful. The, the photography you. 
is stunning. Let's start off with a cover because I've, I don't think I've seen a kosher cookbook with such a beautiful, you know, and I can say that because, you know, I have a book myself. This is literally like my favorite cover. I love this. You're highlighting. So when we were discussing the cover, originally um, the photographers and the people that I worked with said, we're going to pick one image to put at the front because that's what sells the best. Well, Honey did that, and she did very well. Right, sure. Um, They said that, especially nowadays, most people are buying their books on Amazon. So if you have one, or or online, I should say. Yeah. And so when you have a small image on the computer screen and you see one image of food, you could see it clearly. You could see what it is. Um, And I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to break the rules. And I said, I want to do something different. I want to highlight everything. The book is called I Heart Kosher. Let me show them what I really love. And it's color and it's texture and it's food that speaks to you. And that's why I decided to just put as many beautiful images on the front cover as I could. Well, you certainly did that from... Uh, uh, the chickpeas to the to the what, what the that's veal right veal char the veal to the boards the mm-hmm. shakshuka everything the vegetable boards. Elisa Elisa's just popping out. Thank you for coming in, Elisa. Um, everything is stunning. Now then, you turn it over. Like I, uh, you, I learned this expression. I think from Miriam. You want to lick the page. <sighs> You want to eat, just grab a fork and just dig into everything here uh, on the front page. And then you turn it over and you're literally digging in. You have beautiful set, sets, right, of of photos, overview shots of people eating, enjoying, laughing. I feel, I'm going to show you up on the camera. All right, this is the front cover for those of you watching on the Nakam Siegel Net video channel. So here we have a beautiful front cover, all these stunning recipes that are actually inside the book. Of course. And then you turn it over and now you get to sit down and enjoy the meal with Kim at the back. And I think this reflects a lot of you. Thank you. Thank you. I also wanted to focus on, personally, I love hosting. I love table settings. I love decor. I love all of that. So I wanted to give a little hint of that throughout the book and give some hints and tips for setting your table and hosting a meal and Mm. how to do it effortlessly and casually and beautifully at the same time. You know, like right here, you're setting a table. You're putting the flowers down. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, you're putting the flowers down on the table um, on, on page. There's actually a page number on that, 71. There must be 72 and 73. Um, it's a picture of Kim uh, putting down a, a vase on a table with some bruschetta going here. And it's stunning. It's sh- like you're showing you, your right. flavors, your bracelets. Right. Um, I also think that that's something that hasn't been done as much in the kosher no, cookbook world not. for various reasons. Um, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to give a sneak peek into um, a home and into a uh, the way you can host and the way you can set and the way you could present your food. You know, every time I look at the book and I dive right in there and I love the whole sip theory oh. that you've got. I, I, I think I texted you right away. Yeah. I love the sip. Okay, let's explain what that is. So basically um, I was making, coming up with different, I w- wanted to figure out how to divide the book up into chapters. And the first chapter is basically the essentials, ready to go. So these are the recipes that I say, if you have these on hand in your fridge or in your pantry, ready to go, it will make preparing a meal so much easier. So we're talking about 
chicken broth and veggie broth and fried lemon slices and wash and stored kale, sliced beets. These are, they're not even really recipes. They're just preparations almost. Um, and I wanted to go a little deeper and offer some um, some dips or some sauces. And as I was developing re- recipes, I was like, well, you know, for example, this is a dill and lemon sauce that you can marinate your chicken in. But you can also serve it on its own on a crudite board. So it's a dip. And I'm like, well, is it a dip or is it a sauce? So I said, you know, why don't I present it as both? And I said, let's call it a sip. It's I a love sauce it. and a She's dip. She's so clever. <laughs> She's so clever. I love it. I thought that was like so brilliant. So different, and it's just, I love it. I love it, love it. People are loving it. I get messages all the time. Sip, what a good idea, so smart. Yeah. Like, And I was like, really? It just came to me, and right. it worked, and sometimes that happens like, that way. Like my quizza recipe. Should I made it a pizza or a quiche, and then right. I put it together, a quizza. Exactly. It's so, it's the, I mean, each, each uh, one of those recipes at the front explains, and then later on in the book, it'll say use a half a cup of sip in this. Right. It's beautiful. I, I love it. This is one of my favorite pages. Thank you. I love you. that. Now, you have a Moroccan background. My mother is from Morocco, yes. Have you been to Morocco? I have been to Morocco. Is it stunning? It is beautiful. It is. Uh, the people are really the warmest. And I'm, I'm very, very go. Moroccan people are known for their warmth and hospitality. And it was a wonderful experience. Uh, every Moroccan I know, and I know quite a few from Israel that my, we're family friends with, Danielle, you is like the best cook. Right. Like I've never met a Moroccan I that can't cook. I think it's, it's the cooking and more so the feeding is in their blood. And feeding people is just such a natural thing for people who come from Morocco that I've right. met. Uh, my mom being uh, the perfect example of that, that it's just feeding people and cooking. It's so second nature to them. It's right. Like, they're born knowing what to do. Right. Ashkenaz <laughs> and we have to learn yeah. how to cook. <laughs> Um, but this is absolutely stunning. You've done, you're on a book tours. Where- so I decided with this book that I would not, you know, put it all into six months and I would take my time with it. So I have been touring um, mostly in the New York and the tri-state area, Canada a bit. That's where I'm That's from. where you're from. I'm going actually next week to Montreal. I'm going to be doing a chop competition there. You have to tell me where to go to eat. Absolutely, I will. Cheskis. I know that Cheskis is the bakery. bakery. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everyone yes. keeps telling me that. And have poutine. Have poutine. Have yes, poutine. yes, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking my time with it, and I'm really enjoying it. Right. And you know, at the same time, this isn't. This is my part-time job. I have a family, and I have children, and that's my priority. But I'm lucky enough to be able to do this and to promote the book, and people are enjoying oh, it, sure. which is, thank God, such you know, a blessing. I love watching. You know the you go through your process and like when people um, make your recipes and then we share them on Instagram, I'm like loving that. Like it's so, it's cool. Like what do you think the most popular recipe from the book has been? From this book, um, hands down, has been the crispy chicken and rice. I knew you would say that, yes. Everyone has gone crazy. Crazy. For the crispy chicken and rice, which is basically rice, um, cooked with crispy chicken surrounding it and it's a one pan meal and didn't you do that for kettle and court i did i did (laughs) that's right i did and people i get pictures every friday without a doubt of chicken and crispy rice and it was really um a technique 
it's not the recipe that is, you know, the recipe can be changed. You could personalize it, but it's the technique of how to cook the rice together with the chicken that's really, uh, people are loving it. Right. It's like a one-pot wonder. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it's it's great when you come up with a good chap. I mean, I've definitely heard of chicken and rice right. before, but to have a recipe that everyone's going crazy over, you've done something right. Right, thank you. What's the, how, how do you get this chicken so, so crispy? So the trick is that I rinse the rice very well under cold water. I want I, s- I want my audience to hear this. So. Okay, so you'll start so by the book. You'll start with the chicken, and you will clean it pat it dry and season it to your liking. Of course, you can follow the recipe in iHeart Kosher. And then you place it in a rectangular Pyrex pan. Place the chicken in the middle that's been seasoned. And then I'll take one cup of rice and I rinse it under cold water very well. I want to follow along with my... Page 110. Page 110. And then I season the rice accordingly and I scatter the rice around the chicken to surround the chicken. And then the trick is your oven will be preheated to 375. And right before placing it in the oven, you add two cups of boiling water over the rice and then cover it and put it in the oven for 45 minutes covered and then uncover for the last 45 minutes. And what the boiling water does is is it kickstarts the cooking of the rice so the rice will get fluffy. And then when you uncover it to cook for 45 minutes, that's when everything gets really crispy. So it's so easy. It's a no-brainer, and it's delicious. People eat it, serve it right out of the pan, pan, and everybody has loved it. I am, like, looking at this, and my mouth is watering. I mean, (laughs) everything. I've I've read this book literally a ton of times. You know, Shabbos Afternoon. I don't need to read my books. I want to read everybody else's. And I've read read it and reread it and just love looking at the pictures. You know when when this came in the mail and the gold, cool, puffy paper? And my kid's like... Whose book is this? They they opened it up like it's Kim Kushner's book, and my kids read it. Like yeah. people are reading books now, Thank like you so novels. Much. Yes. And one thing my daughter said to me, she's like, she has pictures of herself with her family serving. They loved that. Like, yeah. It's for young and old. My kids like in their some in their upper teens and some in their twenties. Like they, it's just mind blowing that you can put such a beautiful book together for kosher. Yes. Well, I'm very happy that we've come to that point in time. It's wonderful. Now, let's talk about the spices. (laughs) So um, these spices that I brought with you today was a collaboration that I did with La Boite. La Boite is a very well-known spice store here in New York. I've been there. So the the founder of it, his name is Lior Lev Surkaz, and he creates, they call him like a spice genius. and he, a spice whisperer. Yes, <laughs> and he creates spice blends for some of the top restaurants in the world, actually. Um, and he sells his spices. Never have his spices been certified kosher before. Um, it's just, he, he never made his spices kosher, but I reached out to him and I really wanted to work with him. And I said to him, the only way I could is if, we make them kosher. So um, we did a special exclusive two-spice set. One is a chicken spice blend and one is a salad spice blend, and they are both certified kosher from the OU. It was a big undertaking. Um, and, I mean, they sold out in no time. I it was such that. a huge hit. And it was really wonderful um, to work with him and – but I was really surprised at the reaction that people were so excited and understood the importance of starting with these great ingredients. Um, and these are just simple spices um, that you could just add, like the salad spice, 
just add olive oil, balsamic, toss the spice into the salad, and you're done. And the chicken spice, same thing. Little olive oil, little acid in your chicken, rub it in. You can, you could, they're so interchangeable. You can use them for anything. And I brought you these to try them out and tell me what oh, you think. Yay. <laughs> these are for me? Those are for you. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, thank you. So my I, pleasure. I thought you made such a small run that you were out. So it wasn't so small after all. We did, uh, I think we did a couple thousand pieces and they sold out. But these are my personal stash, <gasps> which I give to my special Ooh, friends. Thank you, guys. We're going to follow along. Because I think here's my Shabbos menu. It's Wednesday already for oh us God. right here. <laughs> and you are listening on Friday morning. So after you've listened to the show, you can watch me on Instagram literally using Kim's Spices. This is great. And you can use this. This can go on meat also. Absolutely. They're very interchangeable. Okay, this is great. All right. I'm already like envisioning some citrus going in with this and rubbing it all over my chicken. Fantastic. Oh, thank you. It's so cool. I, I used to... Your parents are proud. It's so cool, right? Like yes. to be able to like be so accomplished with all the other cool things that you've done. Thank you. You know, it's Kim Kushner, cookbook. Besides mom and wife, that's always number one title. Number but one, yes. Cookbook author, three-time cookbook yeah, author. It's been wonderful. I feel really blessed and um, it's just been a great journey. And I'm really appreciative that people are interested and excited about this kosher food world. Right? Like we, we kosher is cool. I know that sounds really corny, but it. You know, it's a thing. It's true. It's definitely true. You know, I have this friend. She's not Jewish. And she said to me, she only buys in kosher stores. Because after we became friends, she saw how clean kosher food is. That um, she, hold on one second. She, uh, she, only, she goes, I can't eat, her, she can't buy food in her supermarkets because she. Wow. She was, she was blown away by how clean everything is. Um, in the kosher world and you know kosher is trendy and hot and you know we've got some great books and we have I Heart Kosher right here um, in in the studio today guys it's available on um, I always say buy them in your local Judaica stores yes. support your local Judaica stores yeah okay sorry ZK <laughs> um, in your local Judaica stores always number one Amazon Costco, Costco. Whole Foods <laughs> William Sonoma. Oh, very my. exciting. It's, yes, it's it's amazing. Do you know how many you've you. sold so far? I don't have exact numbers. I don't. I don't get busy with that. I, right, because you uh, drive yourself crazy. Crazy. So I'm not no, a numbers so, uh, person. Like after the first big run, like the first like month or two, I called up. I'm like, right. how am I doing? Yeah, you yeah. did good. Okay, okay good. good. I just want to make sure your publisher's happy. Yes, because then the happy. doors open for the next. Week, so. <laughs> All right. Well, it's wonderful to be here. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much, Kim. I really appreciate you coming in. So um, my pleasure. I've gonna, I'm going to talk now to Mati Kovic. You're going to hang around for a couple minutes. Mati? Hello. Mati, hi. How are you? Baruch Hashem. All good. Thank you so much for calling. Oh, no worries. We're so, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Um, so, Mati, I, I reached out to you because you had the most exciting-sounding Pesach program. Can you t- tell us the name for starters? Pesach in? Pesach in Baliarta. Baliarta. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'll teach you. Listen to me. Pesach in Baliarta. Baliarta. Yes. Okay, you not bad. Very nice. With my Australian accent. Yeah, I didn't know if it was South. African or Australian? Yeah, I'm Australian. Yeah, yeah. Living in New York for 30 years, so but I still have my accent. 
Bye, Kim. Kim. Kim has to duck out now, and and and, and Marty and I are going to finish out the show. So, Marty, what is you have this amazing program? How long have you been doing this for? In Mexico. So we've been in the Passover market doing in different destinations, but most of the years in Mexico for the last eighteen years. Oh wow! It's going to be our fourth consecutive year in this particular property at the Grand Fiesta Americana in Puerto Vallarta. It's the only entire hotel in the whole Mexico. The whole hotel is glad kosher for Passover. Oh, wow. uh, we do seven restaurants a la carte in Jola Moel, and we have some guests coming from New York to do some of the restaurants. This year, we're going to have the pleasure to have Easy's Smoke Barbecue from Brooklyn. So Easy's so he- restaurant is basically coming to your program and running the right. restaurant out of your right. program. Yeah, but the only difference is that instead of Brooklyn, he's going to be smoking meat in front of the Pacific Ocean, and he's going to have an open open sky uh, venue with the smoker there, and he's going to be serving all the people there. Amazing. At the same time, at the same time we're going to have also open uh, for the guys that don't want to go crazy on the meat, and they prefer a dairy option, uh, some uh, pasta, glacosha for Passover, or fish. We're going to have Cinechita Cafe from Miami. Wait, so I just want to recap, Mati. I just want to make people understand what's, what's exactly going on here. At your Pesach program on Cholamoid, which as we know, four straight days, you're not just going to be in a traditional dining room. You've opened up seven restaurants within the program that people can choose from to go to for dinner or lunch. Is that Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the most special thing is that all the restaurants wow. are in the hotel are in the hotel because the, some in, other places they're offering restaurants, they're copying our ideas, but they're doing it outside of the hotel. Some people need to walk to the hotel and come back. Here it's all in the hotel. We take the luxury of taking the whole hotel, Glad Kosher for Passover, and then all the restaurants, they become a different specialty, and we bring chefs from all over the world to do all the different specialties. As I was telling you, this year we have... Uh, easy smoke barbecue yeah. in a Chita Cafe from Miami. We're going to have a steakhouse from Argentina. Wow. We have an Spanish, an Spanish tapas restaurant, and we're going to have a Thai restaurant also. A, a Thai we restaurant? Have a pastry corner. Yeah, we're going to have a French pastry corner, and we're also going to have a pizza and ice cream restaurant for the kids, and we have some other surprises coming along. The program is not only solid on the food, but also in the entertainment. Okay. Here, we're going to have a live concert with Simha Liner, okay. and we're going to have an, another concert with Abishai Eshel coming all the way from Israel. Cool. And we have also a mentalist, his name is Kobi Limelech from Toronto. He used to work in the show of uh, David Copperfield in Vegas, and he's a Shomer Chavez mentalist, and he's going to be there. And also the program, it's, it's, it's amazing and unique with, with, the, with the incredible lineup of speakers that we have coming from all over the world. And this year we have the honor to host Rabbi David Yosef, the son of Rav Obadia Yosef. Wow. He's going to be with us throughout the entire holiday, giving shiurim and telling the stories about uh, his father, the big Sadiq that we had the sehut to have in our generation. We're also going to have uh, Rabbi Shlomo Farhi, who is the rabbi of the Safra Synagogue in Manhattan, in New York City. We have the pleasure also to host Rabbi Shlomo Einhorn, Einhorn sorry, from uh, used to be in the Upper East Side in New York, and now he's a Rosh Hashiva in L.A., in Los Angeles. Wonderful. You have so, such a great lineup. It's unreal between the yeah, food. Yeah, and, and I forgot to mention one of our speakers this year also is going to be Malcolm Homeline. Oh, cool. Wait, doesn't he work here? 
Right, on the, he's actually works on the Nachum Siegel Network right now that we are on. Yes, yes, yes. So he's got a show there as well. And Malcolm is going to be one of the speakers spending all the holiday with us there. And we have also Israel Efrati, who is a rabbi who lives in Brooklyn at Almir Chacham, very, very special man. And we also have a rabbi coming from Mexico. His name is Joshua Hilo, who sits in the Bed Dean of Mexico, and he gives amazing shiurim. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we have an amazing lineup. You have and some... We're trying to take care. We're trying to take care of the Olam Abba and the Olam Azeh. I the love Torah that. The, I was going to say, Gashmiot and Ruchniot. Shulchanot. I, I love that. That is so beautiful. And and why I reached out to you because I've in in many years I've not heard of a program that has these seven restaurants. And I'm sure that even if they're not going to come this year to have you on and let people know that this is available for next year, you better hop on this fast, either for now or for next year, because this is incredible. And and it's um, Pesach is only from now. We're listening to this show on Friday morning. Pesach is in seven weeks, people. So if you don't have your plans, this is an incredible program. Um, and if you do have your plans, you've got to have this in mind for the future. Look no further than than uh, Pesach in Valiarta. Wow, you said it beautifully. I said PesachinValiarta.com. <laughs> there, there, and that's, and that's the website. Follow them on Instagram. That's how I actually found them because Donnie Klein – from yeah, that's Kosher. He's a good friend of mine, and he's been on the show a few times. He's coming. Yeah. He came last year, maybe the year before, also to your Pesach program, and he bought my he brought it to my attention. And yes, yes, he came last year, and he's coming back this year. We also have Shalim Aminov coming. Gali's Wigs, uh, yeah, a long following, and uh, Yaeli, Yaeli and is also, also coming. We have Yaeli, who is an artist. Very special artist who's going to be painting live there in the program throughout Hola Moed and, and showing her her pieces of art there in the program. So not only the Southern Restaurant, but we are the only program that has an art gallery in place. I love that. I love that. Marty, this is fantastic. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm going to, you know, hope all my listeners will start following you and see what's going on because I think you are the most unique program that I have seen. And I look for these programs to share with my thank audiences. You. And we're quite thank like a so to you. Thank you so much. So just to be sure, uh, they need to follow on Instagram. is Pesach underscore in underscore Baliarta with B as in Victor. And I want to throw a special offer to all your listeners. Really? That's, I did not. Us, very nice. If they contact us throughout the next uh, 48 hours uh, from listening to this show. Well, wait, we have uh, Shabbat first. You have to make it seven. Special perks yeah. For the ones who mention your show. And uh, we have amazing perks, uh, luxury perks uh, to throw out for them. So please mention your show when they call me. Okay, call. My direct number is 786 290 5919. Okay, guys. Call that number, mention this show, and you'll get some special benefits for your booking. Okay, very nice, very nice. So mention the show Table for Two uh, on with Naomi Nachman on the Nachman Siegel Network um, with seven weeks to go. Let's see what we can get you. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Hatzlacha on your program. And I think we should Amen. make, Marty, people listen to this program for a week because they can hear it on the archives and they can hear it on the on the uh, YouTube app after Shabbat. So maybe we'll make yeah, we'll extend no it for a few no more problem. days. We'll give them a week. No we'll problem. give you a week, people. All right, great. Thank you, Mati. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.
Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much for reaching out. And, go- and enjoy Shabbat and Thank- disconnect from the routine and enjoy all your families, their listeners. And it was a pleasure to be able to, to talk about Pesach in Baliarta with you. It was a pleasure to, to, Thank to share you. this moment. In Thank the you. With you. Thank, Thank you so much for reaching out. Our pleasure. Thank you, Mati. Wow, what a crazy, amazing Pesach program that sounds like. There are so many great programs out there. I bought them Mati on because I thought he was absolutely so unique. This has been a – we're out. ZK's going, wrap up, Naomi, wrap up. We're three minutes over time because after this we have Mark Zomik on the lineup. This has been Table for Two uh, with uh, Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Mark's going to be doing his uh, pre-Shabbat show. We have music up till Lich Benching sponsored by our friends at Kerem. Just want to wish you all Shabbat Shalom.